0: So we were talking before we started shooting a podcast about, like, things that we've been doing individually to hold ourselves back. And I think most of what this podcast is about is trying to either talk to someone and get through a situation Mm -hmm. or put some wisdoms or things out into the people that they can use in their own lives. So I think this topic is something that most people deal with at some point. Yeah, bro. It's living up to their full potential, self-destructive behavior, um, negative habits. Mm Mm-hmm. Those kind of things. Yeah, I
1: think um, I think There's a lot to unpack But I think it really just starts with <laughs> I, I, At least one of the newer things That I've kind of, I've recognized Because again, like I was telling Chris Like we all have We all have issues, we all have bad habits We all have flaws, we all have stuff But I think We feel this pressure That we have to That we have to address it right then. We have to address it faster and because we need to be because we need to get to perfection mm. right i think even the idea of striving per, for perfection yeah. stresses a lot of people out of course it does and i think but nobody talks about that mm. because people tend to say the opposite people tend to say strive for perfection and how do you strive for perfection you you know you you look in you um you look at all your flaws and you a, you not pick apart, but you just go down the list and you try to address each one of right. them, right? And I think the subconscious thought of the fact that like we're not going to be here forever, sure, puts turns that into a pressure thing because now you're trying to at least this is how I feel, okay? Because now you're trying to fix yourself, quote unquote, fix yourself and address all of your problems before your time is up, right? Gotcha, and. Again, I don't think that we consciously think of that, but I think that we definitely feel like we just have to be the best person that we... Be the best person that we can be, which we should. And we think that there's... We just put pressure on ourselves on how we're going to get there. And we need to mm-hmm. figure out how we are going to become the best version of yourself. And I think it's I think we have it backwards where I, I honestly think that The best version of yourself is just accepting the fact that you have issues with yourself. And I think that when you just say, you know what, this is my, like, this is what's wrong with me, Mm. when you accept it, I think you then go through life subconsciously fixing it and, like, in every action that you do. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you say, okay, I have. Anger issues. That's and, a real thing. Yeah. And you say, I have, and you say to yourself, and you know, and you're like, you know, I have anger issues. Instead of saying, I have anger issues, and you know, I need to, you know, you make a list of like, I need to do this, and I need to do this, and I need to do this, to, do this to fix it, mm-hmm. right? That's, you have a list of things that you have to do, and that can be daunting in itself, right. right? And I think that, I think that there's something to say that whenever you get into a situation, and you already know in your mind, I have anger issues. And you get into a situation, maybe you're on the basketball court and somebody trips you, but you know in your mind that you have anger issues. That voice is gonna say, You have anger issues. And you're not going to do what you used to do before you knew you had Pause, anger girl. issues. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you're not gonna, you're not yeah. gonna, if you don't know that you have anger issues, then you're just gonna, you know, you're just gonna Scrap. throw hands. You know what I mean? But if that voice is saying, You have anger issues. You're just, you're gonna think twice before you do what you've always done. Mm. You know what I mean? And I don't know. I, I I'm kind of like talking in circles, which is something that I do all the time. But to so it's kind not of not made for a podcast. no no not made for a podcast. But <laughs> They're like wrap that shit up. No man, no. Man. But I but I definitely but I definitely think that I definitely think that on all, all we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to fix ourselves um, instead of just letting um letting ourselves become fixed you know what i mean mm. like um now that being said i also believe in therapy so mm. and i was telling somebody this today i'm like there's no if you if there's something habitually wrong with you and you don't know how to fix it. You just want to use word habitual. habitual. You habitual. son of a. Yeah, me, Charlie Murphy. It <laughs> <laughs> bit you cross the line. <laughs> uh, habitually. But if yeah. there's, if there, I believe that if there's something wrong with you, and you just try to fix it by yourself, mm. if you like say, okay, this is what's wrong with me, and this is how I fix it based off of your own logic, it's not gonna get fixed right. because it's your own. Like you don't. It's a subconscious thing that happens to you, you know right. what I mean? But I think that the, if you're just aware of it, right, and that little voice in your head, whenever you get in these situations, that little voice in your head is saying, hey, hey, this is wrong with you, mm. right? That's a good starting point. That's a good starting point to really, really getting past those issues. Yeah. You know what the next point is? I, I think it's therapy, bro. I think it it's therapy. Appear. Getting I mean, at least getting somebody professional help, object um, objective help. Yeah, just you know I mean? getting
0: something outside your own head. Yep, like that's, that's yeah. There's a lot. Um, it's a lot to unpack, bro. Well, I mean, you did your best. I tried, bro. <laughs> I tried. I
1: also, I also don't know shit. So <laughs> I really, this is. I'm just speaking on my own experiences, bro. No,
0: that's that's listen. Yeah. All we we have the context of our own experiences to mm-hmm. kind of guide everything. So. Whatever your experiences are, that's kind of how things are going to go. Yeah. This is something that I've examined in my own life. And it's a weird dichotomy because this is all me, but it's like the two opposing processes. Um, Part of me is cool with the process of improving. This Mm -hmm. is maybe from doing comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Even personal training. Like when I first became a trainer, I didn't know really how to train. I just knew how the body worked. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know how to relate to people. Or at least how to convey my workouts to them in a way that felt fluid. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we just did a lower body push, which is like a lunge or a leg press or something. Mm-hmm. Now we got to do an upper body uh, pull, which mm-hmm. is like a row or a pull up. Right. right, right so right. for people who, you know, push pull is kind of our own jargon. But it was it was choppy because I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But I wanted it to be... Perfect. But I understood, you know what, the next workout should be better. Mm-hmm. It should be better. So because I'm learning, I was mm-hmm. cool with the process. Yeah. Comedy is very much the same thing. Um, I'm working on a new bit now that I only got like two or three laughs on last night. It's a lot of quiet time on stage. It felt like a TED Talk. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a process, bro. It was rough. <laughs> it was a rough one. Um, so I'm doing that, and I knew it's a new joke. And there's, the issue with the joke, without getting too into the weeds, is that the joke is more profound than it is funny. Mm. And I think in a longer set, it will resonate. It will be mm-hmm. a big deal. The problem is that most mics in LA are like five minutes. Right. This is probably an eight-minute joke. Right. And so I was trying to figure out how to keep some profoundness and then some joke into it. And I haven't struck the balance. This is a, like a week-old joke. It's a brand-new joke. Okay. And I have to I have to sit with it. I have to get you know, ate up on stage a few times. Mm-hmm. You never get booed in comedy unless you're really famous. Right. But silence is worse. Yeah. so after the set I was like and some people were doing their old material I've seen these comics for 2 or 3 years You're mm-hmm. doing the old material getting laughs and chuckles Sure. and the ego part is like I want those laughs I'm on stage to get laughs mm-hmm. I get that but I decided and you don't know this but some of the listeners do this year I decided to try to do new material as long as I could mm-hmm. just abandon all my old material for the moment just to force my brain to be creative and what that does is it makes you crazy yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, I bet, bro. Because you're used to... Especially when you see a nice-sized crowd, mm-hmm. see a couple of honeys in the front row, like, what's up, ladies? Yeah, You want to yeah, get that yeah. giggle on, it. Like, sure, oh, my sure, God, you're sure. so funny. Take my Instagram, whatever. Yeah. You want to get all that love. And then you hear people doing four- or five-year-old bits, yeah, and they're crushing the room. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe this bit will be there in four or five years, but it's not there now. Right. And <laughs> you're kind of forcing... It's forced me to be on stage a lot more often. Like, I've done... Thirty sets this year, yeah. So far, which would have taken me maybe three months last year. I was it's, gonna, I was gonna ask you. So yeah.
1: what, why? So what is it that? So why did you decide to do that? You know, why did you
0: decide to like abandon all your and then just go fresh? So I'm the type of person. I'm the kind of guy <laughs> <laughs> that I don't have a, like a ton of vices. Mm-hmm. Like that's one because my parents had vices and it kind of was a thing. Sure. And so I avoided him, but even that in and of itself is advice. So it's sure. very cyclical logic here. Right. But I moved out here for entertainment. Mm-hmm. I didn't move out here to be a trainer. I didn't move out here to do podcasts. Although what's up, y'all? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of what happened. And what I realized is that late last year, I was so busy trying to make money, so busy trying to build my mm-hmm. training business, so busy because we were you know still trying to write and do stuff, and mm-hmm. after we shot, you know premature we wanted to like let's get back into. see we had all these right, right, to like, right, right. A Christmas album and all that so we had all yeah, these thoughts and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. and I started getting further and further removed from the comedy side of mm. it I do think eventually I'll be on cameras and then sure uh, commercials and all that kind of stuff but in the short term I'm a better comedian than I am anything else sure. because I've been doing it for a long time and mm. naturally I think I'm funny yeah but I wasn't hitting stages like I was supposed to I looked at one month I think I may have done eight nine sets maybe and it wasn't like I didn't have the time. I don't have kids. There's days I have to wake up early, and so it's like I don't want to go out too late and wake up at 5 because I'll right. be messing with my clients. Mm-hmm. But a lot of days I was home, watching Netflix, yeah. chilling, not working that hard. Not doing nothing. And I told myself I moved out here to be better at this. Mm-hmm. And then when I would go, But here's the thing, I would still go on stage and do my old material and get laughs. Mm. So yes. I wouldn't be on stage for a week, and I would do a show at Haha or the Comedy Store or whatever, and then I would get good responses like yo and then i have my own shows once a month mm-hmm. so i always wanted to be funny for my show if you're like yo man you funny man you crushing it and i'm just like yeah i still got it but i wasn't improving i was yeah just doing what i know works just doing old hats mm-hmm. kind of stuff yeah, yeah, yeah and i look back and i was like i don't like the feeling of resting on my laurels it's like tom brady being a six-time champ and people be like, that's six-time champ Tom Brady, but Tom Brady today is a 43-year-old quarterback. Right, right,
1: right. So, like,
0: your track record is what it is. It's irrefutable. You got it. Mm-hmm. Today, going forward... What are you going to do next? Who, what are you going to do next? Mm-hmm. And I said, I can't keep doing my same old stuff moving forward because I feel like that would mean that I have written my funniest stuff already. Mm-hmm. And if I think I've written my funniest jokes already, then I need to stop doing comedy. Right. That's That was a realization i just sat one day it's like dude you just you should be getting funnier that's yeah bro
1: that's i mean you should be that's no i i that's that's interesting bro Mm -hmm. like i really i'm not a comedian so no 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 no, no, no. and so hearing that is just like the only thing that i can do is like compare it to like the things that i do you know what i mean and so i think that's a good
0: for you bro (laughs) (laughs) what the- <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, like yeah, yeah, that's a, for yeah. me. That's like a lot of like, whoa, like it. It was. I'm not gonna lie to you. It wasn't pleasant. It wasn't like. But it sounds like a, this cool epiphany and mm. like, oh man, you really got back to your roots. Yeah. What it was was self reflection, and it was looking in the mirror and being like, because every at the, end of, at the end of every year, I usually tape a video from the previous year mm-hmm. and I watch it to see yeah, what yeah, I want to yeah. do the previous year. Yeah. Yeah, And I started looking at some of the things I wanted to do, some of the things I had done. Like, I never thought my show would last as long as it did, so I was super hype about that. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a couple of new bits during the year, but I didn't flush them out. I tried them for a couple of weeks. They didn't get the last immediately, and I was like, I I deaded them. They may have been good bits. They may have been trash. Who knows? But it was a matter of, what are you putting your energy towards the most? And I realized I was just putting it towards surviving. Mm -hmm. Like my place is solid like my car was all right i wanted to ask i want well i
1: wanted to kind of ask about that sure, get into this it. is cuz this has been a very this has been something that i've been going through recently okay is um, you know i started acting 10 years ago oh jeez right i started acting that was a 10, long time ago yeah it was a long time ago yeah um, i started acting 10 years ago and 10 years ago i had my sights on a very specific destination very specific, mm. right? Yeah. And so, um, and so for the longest time, I felt that I had to only act, only put my energy into acting, mm. until I got to that dis- until I got to that destination. The singular focus that I would then. sacrifice everything and just only, by any means necessary, sure. get to that destination, right? And ten years later. I'm looking at that and I'm kind of saying you know or I've said is that destination worth it now? Ooh, And that's and that's a real and that's a real that's a good question. and that's a real feeling because if you think about it so many things happen in 10 years. Yeah, you're a different so many, person. You're a different person. Different people come into your life different people leave your life people people are born different people will die like all of these different factors can change the way that you feel and i was only and i wanted to say this because i was you know i know for myself that i was battling with what what's worth it you know what i mean okay and i know that i know what it takes to get to where you want at least in this in the acting industry i know what it takes to get to so-called quote-unquote destination making it making it right. whatever that looks like right. right um which is a myth which we'll get into maybe another time yeah, probably. but <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah probably another time but yeah. um but i was battling with that idea of like okay i'm happy with what i'm doing right now if I looked at myself 10 years ago with the same idea, would I, would I be mad at myself for thinking, you know what, like, I'm good. Mm. Do I wanna sacrifice everything I have right now in this moment to keep chasing this quote unquote destination, this idea of success that I created 10 years ago? Or am I wanting to keep what I have now and like keep this happiness? It's, and, and does that make sense? Yeah. I hear. Like, like, and, and I think yeah. that that feeling especially came up because like, you know, um, I've, I've lost a lot of people over the years. And I know that like time is very, very important right. at this point. It's so now better. I'm like, OK, so now I'm like, OK, shoot. Over these 10 years of me chasing this destination, I've missed out on birthday parties, weddings, funerals. You know, um, I've missed out on time with my girl, time with my parents, time with my brother, like all these different things. And I'm looking back, and I'm saying, like, dang, was was that worth? Was that worth it for this this
0: thing that I'm I'm pursuing? So I'll say this. Let me, yeah, I want to cut you off, Taylor. No, no, me please, please, because because it's <laughs> no. You know. There's a couple of ways to look at it. I'm gonna not even challenge a position. I'm just gonna pose a question. The the realization you have now, the mm-hmm. place you are now, where you're trying to figure out what's important, the value of time and people and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have had you wouldn't have that today, had you not sacrificed for the last ten years. Exactly. So is this current mentality worth the last ten years, so, even if you didn't make it to the so, destination of ten years? Exactly. Exactly. And so
1: this current mentality is a hundred percent worth it. Then it's worth it. Exactly. Yeah. But my, but at the yeah. same time, you know, and so with, with that being said, like, it's not a feeling of regret. Like, mm. I've regretted these past 10 years. I haven't. I've cherished them because, they, you know, I've gotten to where I am now in terms of the headspace. Right. But the big question is, okay, like, I've gotten a little success, but not the success that I saw for myself 10 years ago. Mm. You know what I mean? And so the big question is, okay, do I continue to sacrifice these things to for this destination. It's basically like do I still want the same things that I wanted 10 years ago? And the answer shouldn't be yes. In my opinion, the answer should be different from what it was 10 years ago. Because so, you've you've changed so much, you've grown so much, your priorities have shifted. Right. And I know that that's been the biggest thing for me is my priorities have completely shifted. From, you know, 10 years ago, I was like, okay, I want to be in this big, huge blockbuster movie, make millions of dollars, and, you know, be rich and famous. How many many times have you heard that, right? A lot. But, you know, when I was 19, that's what I was saying, Mm -hmm. right? And now I'm, you know, 29, and I'm like, okay, I don't want none of that anymore. Like, I'm cool. Like, I want kids and I want you know I want to be married and I want you know I want stability and I want to do and can you do both though or maybe better question with 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 the time with the time because I because that's the thing I want that I want these things sooner than later you know what I mean mm. and I know that there are certain things that take longer than others sure. like let's let's keep it a buck bro right. this entertainment industry is a lottery of course if you is, want yeah. those things if you want those things you can't play the lottery and hope for them if you want them sooner than later. Because you, you, no, you have no, you have no, but, yeah. you know, but, but really but exactly. are you trying to, you yeah. know, that's a gamble. Right, are those things worth gambling? For me, no, those things aren't worth gambling. Right. Those things are worth building. You know what I mean? Gotcha. And I think that there are certain ways to build those things and there are certain, you know, and then you can gamble them. You know, and yeah. I and I I'm not for the gambling part. I'm like, okay, I got to build those things.
0: Yes, it, sounds, it sounds like you're you're growing up a little bit. Yeah, bro. That's what that's what, that's what it sounds bro, like. Bro, it's like, I we're mean, growing up, and so you,
1: when you get you know when you go through this when you go through this you know the city in itself and like how it is, bro, the things change, bro. You know, and I you know and to like kind of wrap up what I'm saying, like the only thing like the big pillars that made me realize this is when I got when I booked All American, uh booked that small little literally yeah. fifteen minutes of fame or fifteen seconds of fame. Yeah, I remember I saw it. <laughs> and and when I did the the show for the fringe festival. I did the play for the fringe festival. Those things happened very close to each other. And it just kind of made me realize like, you know, me being having like that theater background, how much more I enjoy Theater and being on stage than I did being on set because you know when you get booked for a TV show you have these expectations of of glory and the bag is about to be huge (laughs) and I made it and but that's not what it that's not what it was and that's not what it is and it's not you don't get there the way that you think you're gonna get there like you said it's lucky I was very lucky to get that get booked like you guys don't even know how that happened I'm not gonna get into it but it was luck yeah. And you know me being uh, me being the fringe festival, you know we won best comedy for 500 plays, bro. Like and that, but that's my element. That's like something that I like to do is being on stage. So I realized like I weighed out the things. And I'm like, dang, like this is something that I can do anytime I want
0: to. Theater is something I can do anytime I want to, and I enjoy it. So you're gonna reallocate the energy you were using towards being a movie star, towards just being a more bro, producer?
1: bro. It's there's. There's no amount of energy you can allocate to being a movie star that's going to make you more likely to be a movie star. Other Mm -hmm. than you're going to sit there and wait for your phone to ring. You know what I mean? Now, there's a difference between you can write a movie and you can film it yourself and you can call yourself a movie star, which I highly encourage everybody to do is just create your own content but you can't just sit there and wait for the phone to ring and hope that you book this big thing yeah. and post pictures on IG all the time. Right. That's you know, that's that's a waste of energy, you know? So I think allocate your allocate your energy to something that it makes you happy and that you can look back and be like I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that moment. You know, I enjoyed that and I want to be able I want to have access to do that over and over again mm-hmm. and I want to be able to control that opportunity
0: so so i I think part of what colors how you see it is the fact that you're in a stable long-term relationship and that'll change a lot of things too well (laughs) (laughs) we know shout out to you girl um (laughs) (laughs) but a lot of it for a lot of people who are doing this they don't have those commitments Mm -hmm. and so their sacrifice is really their own sanity Mm -hmm. their sleep schedule and Humility, probably. Sure. Those are the biggest things. It's like because uh-huh. you can get turned down for twenty roles, you're like twenty one. Here I come. You got to take a lot of L's. Mm-hmm. And you have to be yeah. Have you go in enough check to do all that stuff, mm-hmm. and then be able to persevere and keep going through it. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is what a lot of people out here do. There are people who you've seen the TV and movies who mm-hmm. have regular jobs. You're like, what are you doing for a regular job? It's like, well, I still have kids. Right. And that regular job was a lick, and I thought that like the guy who did Aladdin like he said he can't get casted anymore the star of Aladdin was like I can't get casted but the girl was in the next Charlie Angels movie right, right, right. afterwards yeah, she's and of course the- Will Smith is Will Smith yeah. but he was like I was Aladdin they won't cast me but I'm sure when he got that call he was like Aladdin is a global movie I'm gonna be yeah like the guy from Slumdog Millionaire right. just be that guy and he just never went. so right. it's so in, in that industry it's a little bit different comedy it's a little bit more controllable. Sure, absolutely cuz you can yeah. get up anytime you want to. I can to. do I can perform can whenever can I want. Now you don't you don't just get paid whenever you want. Nah. But as a traveling comedian, you make some money. Right. You'll make some money. Even early on, you'll be on someone else's tour, you'll make maybe 50 to 75 a show, some low-level stuff like that, but yeah, you get bro. to get exposure. And then when you get moved to a feature act, you get, you know, 150, 200, whatever. Right. And at a certain point, there's a lot of comedians who you have never heard of. Right. You just drive past them. They have, you know, La Prius, mm-hmm. and they're making 50k a year they're doing ma- comedy, and they're and they're good, and they're chilling. Cause That's it's like saying, I can make 50,000 doing comedy, or I can have two side hustles in LA, bro. But man. I get to do comedy with always the possibility that I'll do a festival and be seen by someone and say, Hey, do you want to be the fourth lead on a show? Cause we saw you. You have a face that mm-hmm. we like, Oh, we like your comedy style. And then it can parlay. It's like T J Miller, bro. TJ Miller's been around for a long time. He was yeah. in um Well, he was in all a bunch of movies, bro. What was that the movie um Office oh, Christmas party? I'll like say Cloverfield. He was in Cloverfield. Yeah, that's one I remember him from. Yeah. But yes, he's been in a lot of things. and now he's he's headlining a show here this week, I think. I saw him uh, Yep. Maybe the comedy store was a show like that. But that's but that's one of the things. He has his own
1: podcast with with Cash Levy. But basically, mm-hmm. he talks about that, like how he kind of stepped away from Silicon Valley and all these movies. Yeah, he's a touring. You know, he's
0: headlining. It's a big deal. Comedian, you know. There's but, but that's because he loves
1: it. You know, that's because that's what he prefers to do. Yeah. You know? So
0: now she's not that into you. I remember that he was in that. Um. Yeah. So it's it's a. This is on my side. I'm not. That I committed and all that. I'm in mm. the streets. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, bro. Um, <laughs> but part of my archetype, part of my personality is then one of the flaws I've had is that I've given all my energy to only a couple things in life. Mm-hmm. But I'm good at giving some of my energy to a lot of things and getting good results from them. That's good. It was well, good for life, but it's not necessarily good for like big ambitions. Sure. meaning i could say all right i really want to get an a in this class this this semester or whatever right and i'll give it the energy and i'll get mm-hmm. the a but once i got the A, am like, all right cool yeah it's not necessarily i want to get an a all the time or whatever right, it's just right. the idea that i can tap into it that you can mm-hmm. do it even even like baking that pie right. like i never baked a pie in my life mm-hmm. and i just decided i want to bake a pie yeah it was just some woke up on a tuesday yeah. it wasn't a special day and I went down the YouTube rabbit hole for four hours. Hey. I, was, I, was, I was looking at everything. I'm talking about... Because there's a lot of different recipes out there. So we, I make apple pies, whatever. And <laughs> <laughs> Big okay. Wolf, you want to fight about it? <laughs> and things like that there's a lot of different types of apples. And the apples determine how it comes out. But yeah. not all the apples you buy are made for pies. Sure. And so looking at how to do the crust. That's the biggest thing is how to make the dough. Most people just buy... A pre-made dough and put the filling in the filling is easy right making the crust is the hard part mm-hmm. so that's where most of my research went and what recipes do I think will make the right pie and I went down a rabbit hole and I made a pie and it was too tart I made it with Granny Smith apples whatever oh. that's my favorite apple but it was too tart for the pie yeah then I got um, the honey crisp apples which is the best actually fire they're fire and I made a pie and I brought it to Yeah, try Envy Apples, by the way. Bro, whatever. <laughs> so I made the pie and I brought it to a function that had a bunch of girls at it. And I put the pie on the counter. I was just like, ladies, y'all want this pie? Do you like pie? pie. <laughs> and they ate it and said, like, Oh my god, who made this pie? This is delicious. And I was just like, and that was the second time in life I made a pie. It was just that Oh, that's so funny. It was just that I have a I think I have a decent palate. But I've never been a baker. Sure, and sure, My sure. mom is a chef. That's what she does. Yeah. But I've always thought, yeah, if I want to make something good, if I want to make a dope omelette or some kind of, yeah, I can do it. Yeah. I just never tried enough. Comedy is a different thing where since I was like. <laughs>
1: of course it is. It's not pie. Hold up, now. I'll,
0: I'll let you get to it. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let me live. <laughs> Comedy is different in the sense that since I was a kid, I mean like six or seven, mm-hmm. I've only had a couple of thoughts that keep. Being in my head, mm-hmm. because my brain is scattered on some level, like I don't control how the thoughts come in, sure. And so, I'm a little bit scatterbrained on some level, but I'm focused when I need to be, mm-hmm. which just makes me a good student. I can just kind of like do do do, and they're like, Oh, we had a final exam, lock in, yeah. Um, but in this case, when I was a kid, I'm talking six, seven, eight years old, I always saw myself performing mm-hmm. from theaters to big screens to TV to stand up, it wasn't. I didn't have a particular one. You said you want to be like a movie star type dude, right? I saw myself in movies, but I never thought that's where it would stop. I thought it would be TV. I thought it would be an endorsement. So sure, it would be sure, sure. As a radio personality, whatever it was, I just mm-hmm. saw myself in entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's the only thought that's like prevailed my whole life. Sure. Because I want to be like you know, start a football player. I did the whole college thing. Sure, sure. Got sure. injured which is how I became a trainer. Right, right. right. right? <laughs> so I was like, well, you can't play football. I was like, all right, cool. Well, I'm in shape. Let me be a trainer. Right, and so. that, But I gave all my energy to football. So when I couldn't play, then it was the, it was sad. Yeah. But it sure. wasn't debilitating because I realized I was doing two a day, six days a week, mm-hmm. eating well. Like I was, hey, you want to go to the club? No, nah, man, I got to work out. I got to try out certain two weeks. Like I was that good guy. Yeah. And yeah, it just yeah. didn't go. And so when it didn't go, I was yeah. sad. I think I probably cried in my car. Sure. On some Lifetime Network stuff. Hey,
1: Friday stuff. <laughs>
0: gonna cry in the car. <laughs> <laughs> was, that was that guy. But when it was all said and done, I was like, I tried my hardest. Yeah, I played bro. through injuries. I tried to come back early. Yeah, I would ice and heat for four or six hours. I did ice baths. You know, I hate cold. Yeah. I did whirlpools. I did everything I knew how to do. Mm-hmm. Even what trainers were telling me. And It's just, it wasn't my thing. Yeah, bro. So when it didn't work. I was good. I didn't have regrets. I wasn't that right. guy that was like oh, just it, XFL guy. I just I let it down. You gave
1: it your all, bro. You and gave I, it everything that you wanted to give it. Yeah. Bro. That's, and yeah.
0: And so my biggest thing is if you give what you want and if you say you want it, you have the desire, you have the plan and all yeah. that stuff in place, and you give everything to it and it doesn't go, then there's no regret. Right. Because comedy is such a game where we get to meet famous type people. Yeah. I shake hands with these people and the idea of, hey, can I open for you? yeah, man, come get five on my show right. and be seen by the same audience who saw him. Right. The idea that people can be like, yo, that young dude's funny. Yeah. And you can get some kind of buzz from it and it can start parlaying itself into more but roles. But you have control over that. You have control over that. So yeah. it's a weird... I So you say, why did you do all this stuff? It's because I went to a couple festivals. I saw a couple big-time comedians. Mm-hmm. And I stopped thinking that... There's a couple who I think are a tier or two or three or whatever above me. I watched Bill Burr. Like a month ago, bro, he's and Bill Burr's in girl, a, bro. He's he's in a league of his own. Girl, I sat in bro. the front row of a comedy show to watch him, and I and I just was like, and just the and he was working on some new stuff. I think it's gonna be on his next hour special. Mm-hmm. And I just watched him, and I was like, that's what I'm watching. Is. Thirty years of being on stage. That's what I was watching. That's and he, that's a fact, bro. And it was one of the it was one of the first times in a long time I saw somebody and thought they are a lot better than me. There are people who have funnier bits. My, like, oh, that's a good bit. I never think like, yeah. man, that person's way better than me. It's why, just, do you, why
1: do you think that? Why do you think he's? Why do you think he's so much better than you?
0: There was a one. One, he's super confident on stage. You know, it's very. You don't
1: feel confident on stage. Well, I didn't say that. I, said he's <laughs> I was gonna confident. say. I was gonna say. Well, no. As I mean, as your friend, like, yeah. of course, I'm gonna gas you up. But like, objectively, yeah. like, you're confident on stage as well. No,
0: I'm confident. It's different. It's like this is this is a better example? Most of my analogies end up being about dating because, <laughs> cause, Cause, hey, <laughs> it's just something we all do. It's something we've all done. Sure. The idea of if you if I said hey, get a girl's number, and you've got a number a hundred times. Mm-hmm. You have ten to fifteen different ways to get a number. Sure. You can just be the blunt guy. Yo, can I holler at you? Guy, get your number. It's like right. now. Right. You could be like, hey, excuse me, miss, Um, you know, I thought you were beautiful, can't okay, get your number. Mm-hmm. You can ask your friend, hey, give my number to your friend. Let up. There's a lot of ways you can go about getting it, because Absolutely. you've done it a lot of times. Yeah. But when you first started trying to get numbers, you probably went about it one blunt way. Mm-hmm. Like, you try to do, it's like the bear, deer, and rabbit thing, which we're not going to get into right. today. Right. But I you know can, you go about it one way, because you only have one way of going about it. Okay. Because the, the show that I saw Bill at, the crowd changed a couple different times during the show. And as a comic, you kind of wow. feel it. And he felt it on stage and pivoted on the fly. He was he was he came out being very, like, you know, he kind of trashed, like, women and some other stuff. Uh-huh. Things that normally get you in L.A. kind of booed. They yeah. pulled back, and he was like, all right. And he just, like, he, he just no went. He went a different way. And it wasn't, like, he didn't have to trash the audience to change courses. He sure. just bend it. And then yeah. he eventually got back to his material, but he had to build up some goodwill. Yeah. I think because of his name you naturally assume that the crowd's with you. Right, right. But they weren't with him at first because his first couple jokes weren't about things they were cool about. Yeah. But he bent away, and then he came back. Interesting. And then once he had him back, then he took it up a notch, and some people came with him, and then he stayed with those people for a little bit and came back to the crowd. It was just a matter of... And it was an hour, so I got to see him over the course of an hour. Wow. And he did a little bit of like intro crowd work Mm -hmm. to kind of change the tempo a little bit. Mm -hmm. It was really just it's like these little master classes they have, sure. That was, he it was it was a on the fly master class on. He never deviated from him his material. Right. He just was smooth. He just maneuvered around the people better. Yeah. And I think because I've been on stage it's, it's for like
1: all about the audience with
0: them. I've been on stage for like seven or eight years, sure. and I've I've gotten to the point where I can do crowd work. I think in most rooms, mm-hmm. I can talk to the people, get responses, and kind of give it back. There are. And I don't, again, I don't get booed or heckled. Sure. But I think I may only have two or three ways to play a set. Mm-hmm. And he may have 50. And so, in my ways, like I will go this way. And if the crowd doesn't feel me, I may be self deprecating. I may be deprecating to the crowd. Cool. Mm-hmm. If the crowd's feeling me, I may just ride that wave and kind of abandon my set for a little bit, then go to my set later on. Right. If their crowd's being prickly, Jump into my set, hope to get instill goodwill, then go back to the people. Like, there's a lot of different outs of it. Right. You're doing all this on the fly. You don't know how Ernie's particular set's going to go. Okay. And I think in his his world, he has a set. He has an hour long set. Hmm. I have jokes. You have.
1: I see. Okay. So. So because I don't have. Yeah. You think you think? Um. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but it okay. sounds like having more time yeah. allows you more. Control of the, I guess, the mm, jokes, I guess? Like, uh, <laughs> more control, the more time you have, the more time you have to control the room. Yeah. It seems like. And when you have less time, yeah. then you kind of have to boom, boom, boom as fast as you have to win the crowd as fast as yeah, possible. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of elements to that. And the here's the problem, though you only get more time when you earn more time doing the smaller rooms. So you gotta, so
1: it's like, it's it's like the difference between like, I used to do improv, and so it's like the difference between uh, what they call um, like improv games yes. and a Herald. Yes. The Herald is long form improv, right. where you have like a whole narrative and you have improv games, but they're two completely yeah. different different beasts in their own. Like yeah. you're, you know, you have people that are good at the games, you have people that are good at the long form improv. It's like you have to specialize in one. Yeah. But in the comedy world, it just sounds like to get to be a hair a long a long form specialist, you have to
0: specialize in this one first. You have to perfect you the first to... couple levels. Got gotcha. you. When people get elevated too quickly, mm-hmm. it falls apart over a course of an hour. So if you watch Netflix, and something I know most of you guys do, yeah. when you watch a special. You can tell how polished a person's hour is mm. by how long the hour goes. Right. The hour's supposed to be an hour. So if they finish in between 57 and an hour, mm-hmm. then they have it pretty polished. Yeah. If they finish at 51 minutes, They're... then that means that over the course of... Because you end up working on the set for like six months. Mm-hmm. So, if not longer. So if you've been doing this set for six months and you haven't timed it out well... Mm-hmm. It shows up in the special. Right, right. You might go over a little bit if like something happens in the crowd during your special and you go with it. Right. But like check, the, you can check the timestamps. Like they say, his special and it's fifty eight minutes, an hour and two minutes. Mm-hmm. They've worked that and gotten it clean to that point. Yeah. But when you see a special and it's like forty seven minutes, supposed to be an hour, then where did that thirteen minutes what go? Happened? Because you get paid for the hour. Right. And because my sets are usually shorter and I don't have like a full set because I'm, st- I mean, this is part of the process. Mm-hmm. My jokes don't necessarily piggyback off each other. Right. And this is what made me think I got to start being better because I've been trying to be funny for seven years. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten some funny bits like the two-way bit and working at Wendy's and the chicken bit from the, the first special this year. Like all these little things yeah, 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 are yeah. funny, but none of them are related. They're, right. Experiences I had that I thought people could relate to, they would like, but they haven't been like puzzle pieces. Sure. But when you do a special, you don't want 10 disjointed jokes. Mm-hmm. You right. want, you know, five or six cohesive ones. Or if you're disjointed, that's your shtick. Mm-hmm. Hey, you'll never know what I'm going to say. Hey, I'm the... Right. Hey, what are you going to do? I, you're that guy. Right. And so this year made me start thinking for the, really the first time how to like string it all together not force it with weird transitions and Right, that. right, yeah. just yeah, yeah, yeah. have jokes that connect mm-hmm. and I started doing my comedy clean over the last like yeah, six you, months you told me about so that I, so now I'm not cursing I don't have the luxury of doing that Nice. Um, but cursing is a really useful tool on stage and when you don't have it there are times when it wants to come and I gotta like find a different word on the fly mm-hmm. so when I watched him I watched him do an hour and he knew what he was trying to get to mm-hmm. and he knew there would be rough patches throughout, and he he just had it calibrated a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I watched him work the crowd for an hour. I've only, the longest I've ever done is 30 minutes. And I remember sweating a lot at like 17 minutes. Really? Not like I couldn't do it. I had 30 minutes of material, mm-hmm. but I had only been on stage for maybe 12 to 15 minutes up to that point. I did like a 12 minute set, and someone's like, Do you want to do a feature of 30 minute set? And I was like, Yeah, I'll do that all day. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so, what happened is the first 10 were really strong. And the middle 10 was a little, what, a little dicey. What do you think happened? Was it just disconnected? The jokes weren't connected. Ah, okay. The first 10 minutes were about working in the gym. And it's two separate five minute bits that I had perfected. Mm-hmm. But both were about the gym. Yeah. So they felt like it was one long, good joke. Gotcha. But it really they were written two years apart. It just, you don't know when jokes are written on stage. So that part was clean. But then I transitioned to like dating. And in retrospect, I've dated girls at the gym. I should have gone into that. Because then it feels like it could be 15 clean minutes. Because still, gym is a through line. I was going
1: to say, correct me if I'm wrong. Because I'm not a comedian. Right. But like like when we opened out this podcast, Mm. how did we get to where we were? Like how did we get to where we got? When we talk about, like, the Super Bowl, we talk about my, my music, yes. we got to j we got to Super Bowl, we got to, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, that's the way, it, it's almost like a train of thought that is completely random, but it all connects. Yeah. And and I think, correct me if I'm wrong again, but yeah. it seems like people are, people connect to the fact that, like, yeah, I've gone on a tangent and, like, gone on a train of thought that connected, and I think maybe that's what people think is funny, and like there, it's just yeah. that connection of like, oh, I see where I, I see how we got here. There is some yeah. there is
0: some humor and tangential thought for mm. sure. So if you're going off on a tangent, you kind of be a random. Mm. There's something funny about that, and there's something funny about being on a semi or seemingly being on a tangent, and mm. you're not. Like it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like he's talking about randomness, but mm. then you just know like you're throwing a curveball mm. that's gonna eventually land in the gonna back. But okay. it's, you just gotta go through this whole. Rigmarole to get back to the center point yeah. and that's kind of what the, the new bit. I'm working on now. Okay is the beginning of it is so and I'll even give you the premise of it because the joke is very early and I don't even know if I'll use this down the line the joke is about White woman entitlement All right, so even as a premise <laughs> it's ridiculous. So the jokes about women entitlement But the way I started is about talking about how hard it is to be white today in society, uh-huh. yeah, because that's already hilarious. It's funny because I'm like the darkest <laughs> dude ever, You're right? So it's so hard to be white these days because you can't say and do anything, especially as a guy. Yeah. Even when you do good things, I, I used a, a little throwaway bit last night. That I think I actually kind of like mm-hmm. where it's like you can give to charity, but people on social media would be like, "Yeah, but you stole that money from slaves anyway." So like, <laughs> so it was like that kind of a throwaway thing. But yeah. it didn't get laughs last night. But I was like, I actually kind of like that part. I'll probably keep it in mm-hmm. for future shows. Yeah, and I talked about. People, people think good is good if it's good for them. Mm-hmm. That's my belief. I don't think people as moral as they try to profess. I don't think mm-hmm. people really have that many other agendas other than doing what's in their singular best interest. Mm-hmm. So, like Chappelle had his bit about, I'm not for abortion, but if it's my situation, right. I am. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like in that vein where it's like, as a black dude, I don't relate to white entitlement because Obviously. I'm not black. Yeah, yeah, But if white entitlement could help me, yeah, because I'm not white. Yeah, yeah, But if white entitlement could help me, then in that moment, I'll be it. Right, right. And then I tell right, the right. story about how I got helped by somebody's white entitlement.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And then towards the end, and this is probably part I didn't work on last night because I didn't have enough time on, on stage. Sure. Where the point ultimately is, I don't know if the fact that there's privilege and entitlement is the bad thing. I think... You can have it as long as you spread the wealth a little bit. Right. Or I want the luxury of being as entitled as a white person is. Like something yeah, towards yeah, that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. But the middle part of the story is randomized. Like it's... Sure. It's a, it's a, it, no, it gets that's, the time. No,
1: that's... that's uh,
0: but the full scope of the joke, mm-hmm. I think is good. I think there's something profound in it. Mm-hmm. And I think the idea... It definitely changed my perspective because when you hear, you hear privilege and you hear all that stuff, it's always negative. Mm-hmm. You never just like stereotypes. Stereotypes right. are usually negative, right? But they do work out sometimes. Like right. some, I heard some comedy back in the day. But like, I always get picked first in basketball, but I don't know how to play basketball. Right. But right, I'm black. Yeah. That's yeah. a positive thing. I'm never the last guy. Like guys, I can play. Yeah.
1: I've always been drawn to that, like that, that type of comedy of just like. I mean, Bill Burr is, is like my, probably my second favorite comedian next to Bill Ch- Burr's an animal. He's next to next to Chappelle, but like he. He does this thing where he just like he'll take the most unpopular opinion and almost convince you to believe like, mm-hmm. oh shit, like actually that's kind of he's not wrong. That's kind of the thing. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah. it, but and I think the thing that uh the thing that really gets me about Bill Burr is he'll literally take the worst thing you can think of and turn you to like turn you for it, like I'm pretty sure, like, he's convinced people that, like, the Nazis, like, Nazis are good. You know what I mean? Just based on it, because his perspective, you know, he'll take time to, like, pick apart, like, you know, every single perspective that could exist. Sure. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, and I think that's, I think that might be uh, like what you're saying is just kind of like I'm, I'm trying to get there taking something and I don't know, I'm not saying you have to say something any super yeah, absurd, yeah, I'm not what I'm, I'm saying, but stuff. like just but just like offering that like Man. that perspective that like nobody's really thought of before, you know what I mean? yeah. cause i you know, I've also seen comedy where like um you know back in the bay, I like went a terrible comedy show, but basically somebody just like said something there I was just like, yeah no shit, we feel that way. You know what I mean? Like something like, "Oh man, like the you know, black people are crazy." You know, like we just black people are crazy. Yeah, like (laughs) yeah, like we just we just so we just so you know so quick to spend our money. It's like we know, bro. You know, but but that's but that's in like that that will keep me quiet. I'm just like I've heard this. I know I know this. That's that's an old take. Yeah, Yeah, I think
0: like what you're alluding to is trying to find. A new way of looking at an old situation mm-hmm. or finding something truly original. And I think I've defaulted to my own personal stories because mm-hmm. they're original to me. Sure. Even sure, if sure. you can kind of put yourself in it, it happened to me. So it sure, sure. resonates. Yeah. And I think my brain is trying to, because again, this is how you get inspired, is how you get inspired. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think my brain partly is saying try to find some maybe unpopular or unoriginal or original points mm-hmm. and then like remix it because those lend themselves. more conversations because the new the bit i did at the show a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. is about how women have to hold men more accountable Mm -hmm. in the dating world because we're we're falling behind because women are so nurturing and so caring they're allowing us to and if they don't push us harder we won't be better then i tell this wild story about my friend living in a closet which is true (laughs) but that's
1: but that's the like you didn't even have to go into the joke You don't have to say anything else. Like, right. that's hilarious, it's, bro, like, I because think,
0: I've never, never even heard of that. you before. never heard of it, and what you don't hear usually is guys telling women to hold us accountable. You hear mm-hmm. women saying, guys, ain't nothing. Y'all got to be better. And sure, guys sure, out here are sure. like, no, we're trying our best, and we get defensive immediately. Sure, sure, To sure. hear a dude say, y'all got to hold us accountable, and then give real reasons behind it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But even that bit is probably, I'm going to actually, exp- that bit's probably seven minutes long. Sure. But it definitely has room. Mm-hmm. To be a 15, 20 minute bit. I think True. that's why my brain is going towards these kind of jokes. I also think that, yeah. again, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. I also think that with that
1: specifically, it really depends on the room you're in. Because with, with that, mm. it's one opinion or the other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's you can have like the dudes holding women accountable. Which people which there are, that's there, what I'm saying, like which, that's so what that's I'm that's, saying that's down the line, that's like yeah. no, yeah, where like where dudes are holding women accountable or women are holding dudes accountable, like with that topic itself, it just it, there's there's two options, you know what I mean so you got you bet like if you're gonna go with one, you better make sure the room you're in is with the opposite so here's, here's, you know so here's,
0: here's the here's my my view on this, yeah, because the closet joke in and of itself. And this is a this is not a euphemism. It's a real closet. Sure, it's so ridiculous that even if you disagree with the premise, you ride with the joke. Exactly, because it's that's, ridiculous. But to your to your point, mm. and that's why I'm saying I think this has a long track record. Mm. The way I think the joke is going to eventually go when I have a 15, 20 minute set mm-hmm. is I talk about when we got hold more accountable and I go into it and, then and they th- say, but fellas, you got to hold them accountable and right. I have a story almost equal to oh, the one I just did- told. Yeah. And so okay, they piggyback each other. Okay. Now, okay. right now, the closet story has been pretty polished. I've been doing it, not. it's like five, six weeks old, mm-hmm. but I think it's a good bit. Mm-hmm. It's super original. Yeah. There's a lot of punchlines outs to the joke. Mm-hmm. The, the end, the close of it is Okay. But if it's really just a close to get to the next bit, then I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. If I end there, it's probably not perfect. Right. But the idea that a, something like that is, is open ended, there's enough jokes. If I talk about this crazy date I went on yesterday, when that date story is done, it's mm-hmm. not 10 to 15 more minutes on that. Right. It's just the date. If I talk about I've had some crazy dates, uh, with mm-hmm. an s on it, yeah. Then I can tell two or three bad dates in a row, but that kind of gets monotonous. Right. So in this case, I think. That little seven-minute bit about women holds more accountable is funny. I have to sit and like write sure. a men holding women more accountable thing because I think there's a lot of material in that. Mm-hmm. And if I do those back-to-back, that's probably going to be a 12-15-minute to 15 minute set. Yeah. And if you have one or two more good jokes, you have a 30-minute special. Right. Because And they're going to hear this first, and you too. Yeah. Randomly, when I was in Miami, I had the idea to do two separate 30-minute specials this year and dope, bro. and but i never had I've never shot a special before maybe you should have whatever i haven't whatever but yeah, i had the idea yet. of spending the first six months polishing up all this new 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 stuff mm-hmm. shoot a special taking the best 30 minutes from whatever i come up with yeah then i have the whole second half of the year to promote that special do all that stuff mm-hmm. maybe sell it off maybe get whatever sure. you send it to clubs maybe get booked for some stuff dude yeah that's been that next half a year trying to top that first 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then tape bro. another one, like, in December. So June and December. Bro. One probably on the East Coast, so maybe the June one will be in Florida because yeah. whatever. Maybe even December because family would be in town. Yeah. I'll figure out which one.
1: Well, yeah, I was going to say, bro, like, I think um, as, we, as we've as we seen, the reach, like, if, if it's about getting in front of more people, then, you know, having having something to kind of, put on the internets and get to everybody possible you know get on the get on the interwebs yeah. get on that that scape yeah is you know the internet's just gonna get in front of more eyes you know but what I can mean. Only help. and and yeah. you know and i think people love watching specials bro people they do. love no matter what but again if they're funny it doesn't matter where the special is you know what i mean like true Ke- What's his name? Kevon, Kevon, whatever. Kevon Stage is his handle. Oh yeah, his Instagram yeah. handle. Um, he, I mean, I saw on on the interwebs. On, <laughs> I saw it on Instagram that he or it was on YouTube, but he mm. shot his own special in like this church or whatever. Yeah, you can. There's plenty
0: of places. You have to put a little bit money up. Well, that's and that's exactly yeah. what he
1: did. He put money up, yeah. and bro, it was, it was funnier than half the specials I've seen on Netflix. There's but, a lot of funny people who aren't on right and now. but that's what I'm saying yeah. and I'm and I guarantee you that he's going to get opportunities off of that, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Netflix is probably going to come back and be like, "Hey, yo, we saw this. Like, let's work out a deal, but we just needed this is huge thing that I think people really really don't think about is proof of concept. Right. If you want people to invest in you, bro, you better have yeah, show some. something that shows. This, some. this is yeah. shark tank, bro. <laughs> this is shark tank. Where are your numbers yeah. at? What are your numbers? Yeah. If you ain't got no numbers, why would we give you money, bro? That's what it comes down I'm looking to.
0: Looking for a four hundred thousand dollar stake, you haven't sold us more product yet. Exact but
1: that's you yeah. know, and so that's and I you know, I know that you're I know that you're funny. Mm. You know what I mean? And I think that and I think that you don't really have to prove that you're funny you just be you just like have yourself. to prove that you can get those numbers you know yeah. what i mean and while um you know while like you you take the time to perfect your craft by going up on stage right. and like you know you do that and i know that about you right, right? but i think that the thing that at least if you want to get to where i think you want to be is you just now? It's just a part. Now it's just a matter of marketing, bro.
0: That's the biggest part. It's just I'm a, that, yeah. I'm it, not great at like it, you,
1: again, you've been doing this long enough to like. Your circle knows you're funny. Your people know you're funny. Anybody who's seen you knows you're funny. Yeah. It's just a matter of tell letting know, letting other people know that you're funny. You just need yeah. to get more people to know who you are, and that's what that this you. podcast is exactly. Kinda, like no. How do how do you get your information out? exactly? And yeah. and yeah. because. Stand up is what you do. That's yeah. that's what you you're what I consider you're a master at, bro. Mm. And I think that, yeah, if you have a proof of concept, the proof that you are a master at stand up, which is, you know, shooting your own special, putting the money up, getting people to put the money up. Your circle's big enough yeah. to the point where
0: you could get people to put the money up for. Oh yeah, them. people will put a little something up. You know, and there's what I mean? people who do favors, and we know people. Exactly, Man, there's, there's a lot of ways. You got circles. Yeah. You
1: got people. Yeah. I mean, you got people that support you all day. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you, you can get your own special shoot it, and then all you have to do is just watch those numbers come in and be like, "Yo, there's this dude," and then yeah. word of mouth. But next thing you know, bro, you don't have to be looking for opportunities anymore. You know, people yeah. will be hitting you up. and You'll just be like, oh yeah, like cool.
0: I'm glad you saw this. Like, what's and then you can say like, yeah. what's next? You know what you I mean? Yeah, get, you're getting out. You're getting out to the furthest level of what this is gonna be. But yeah, I just gave you the little. You gave just the, gave me the little I gave where you, we're at now yeah. in the in the process of. I gave you where you are at. We well, can, I'm excited, bro. Because we're wrapping this up now, yeah. so we can continue this off the
1: yeah, camera, yeah, but yeah.
0: Well, I'm excited about that. Bro. Well, listen, I'm excited for the challenge because this is. I think the, the cool thing about deadlines and if you have kids or employees or whatever mm-hmm. deadlines do one or two things they either stress you out because you can't match it or you rise to perform at it right that's mm-hmm. kind of what the whole point of it is it's the clutchness factor yeah are you clutch or not you to do that scores 30 points all year and gets his playoffs and goes 0 of 12 from the field mm-hmm. like trevor reza did or something like that right which is true right um, or james harden where you just start missing shots you just can't do it right. or you the person that you rise and you get better and it's like yo in the clutch he he was in his bag that kind of thing right right, right. in this case setting a and I'll have to look at the calendar to find out what the exact dates are because I think once I know a clear date let's Mm -hmm. say it's I don't want to do like Juneteenth but it's something like that hey bro I'm with it bro right like I just that just happened picture you in the Dashik years and (laughs) And then Kente Klopp you know what (laughs) I'm saying (laughs) then um, in December my mom's birthday is on the 12th so maybe like and she's never seen me perform so I think that would be bro that's just crazy don't get me started I think it'd be crazy though to do a special on her birthday in my hometown. Like, there's like there's something. If
1: you tell me enough it in advance enough, I'll I'll buy a ticket for that, bro. I'll
0: fly out to go see that. I think that'd be awesome. So like, this is. I mean, you got my support, bro. Hey, and we're gonna get the people's support, but. We're gonna wrap this up. We have been riding out this podcast. Hey, you
1: know that. You know what we do. You know listen, what I do. Listen, I, it's me, bro. I'm I sorry. Do, listen, hopefully,
0: <laughs> people are still listening. <laughs> it's me, bro. I'm sorry. I fucked this whole podcast up. You're fine. <laughs> so we we got into some good concepts and it got um, personal. I think they understand what the situation is. Um, and th- some of my podcasts are like twenty ish minutes. I was gonna say like how long are these? How long are these supposed to be? There's no limit to it. Okay. They go between. 20 minutes in an hour It depends on. I have a guest that usually goes closer to an hour for solo podcast. Yeah, I, I there was no limit. I have one that I was on there for like two and a half hours. That's yeah, I'm funny. not. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> Joe Rogan. <What> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, you guys take TMT now. Uh, but this has been dope. You can um, sign off. Where can people find you? Where can find oh yeah? Hey,
1: look, up? man, I'm back on IG. I, I took like a nine month hiatus, so you can find me on Instagram at Everett Daily. That's literally it. It's Um, E-V-E-R-E-T-T-D-A-I-L-E-Y. Find me on Instagram. You can also tune in to Color Radio. said that at the beginning of the show. Please, please just support the show. It's really, I I don't get paid from it. I don't get any endorsements. I probably never will because of legal things. You know, you can't get paid off of other people's music. I really just do it because I love it. Um, So just please listen to Color Radio. You know, get some good R&B. You know what I'm saying? Get your girl. What? Uh, (laughs) Get your man. Get your 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 chick. You know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, that's where you can find me, bro.
0: Well, you guys know where to find me. Chris Kane, Sexy Comedy, all that good stuff. Thank you guys for listening. Tune in. If you have any questions, hit us up on social media. We can answer them for you. And when these dates get put out for these specials and that kind of stuff, then we'll let you guys know. And when you do your performance, which we'll do. Because I I got shows for the rest of the year. Yeah. So you got like nine more chances to get on stage, and when you have your performance, we'll tell people. I'm terrified. But well, okay. why wouldn't you be? But yeah. also, how exhilarating is that to be on stage? Hey, bro, I'm just cool
1: playing the piano in my room, bro. Honestly, <laughs> y'all can. I'll just post some clips on IG. But... Whatever, dude. We're doing. We're doing this. If you need to do
0: one song. I may want to do a joke to your piano music. Oh, you know, man. it might be a John Mayer, Dave Chappelle situation. Oh, hey, bro. Yeah. I remember that. They, they, they did it last year. They do it all the time. Oh, they do it? Yeah. Remember when they I was... just pop up.
1: Remember when what's his said Daniel Caesar? You remember Uh-oh. that? That was the funniest shit. <laughs> <laughs> Very gay. <laughs> he was so mad. <laughs> Very gay. <laughs> stupid. All right, guys.
0: Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Deuces.